Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. And with us today, we have Tusco Cavalli. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Can you tell the audience a little bit about sort of who you are and what you do? So uh, I am a restomoder. That, that's basically my job now. Um, I am the CEO and founder of, of Officina Firavanti, the company that has now launched the first Ferrari Testa Rosa Restomod. And uh, yeah, this is, this is my full-time job and keeps me busy, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so before, the, what, what was, has been your sort of background up to this point? Have you, I'm assuming you've been a car nut for a long time and whatnot. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's true. So um, I've been into cars since, since I was born, basically. There's a picture of, of me uh, when I was like less than a year holding the steering wheel of my grandfather's car. And uh, since then, you know, it just uh, has grown up to this, uh, let's say, excess of even, you know, modifying old Ferraris into modern whatever they are, no? I don't know if you understand what I mean. As I said, I grew up among cars. You know, my grandfather has always been collecting Italian, vintage Italian cars and, 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 um, and Mercedes. And so I... Until I was 15, I never really developed a, a true, true, true deep passion for cars. You know, I was interested in them. I liked them, but I wasn't really into, it, into that. Mm. Then one, one day, I, I went to the Ferrari dealer here in Lugano in southern Switzerland. And they also have a racing team. It's called Castle Racing, and they do a lot of yep. GD3 racing. And uh, Mr. Kessel himself told me... Tusco, do you want to come with us and join us at the Pulver car to try and, and drive a race car? And I said, of course. And I was only 15. <laughs> and so they put me 
into a 458 challenge <laughs> and I just started racing. And um, so I, I spent one, a whole day with an instructor on, on the Paul Ricard and then, it, you know, it just got me. Uh, it's something yeah. that, it's hard to explain, but uh, it got me. And so I, 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 wait, I made this click inside my head and from there on, you know, I just started um, racing. Never actually raced a race, but I, I did tons and tons of testing with them mm -hmm. because I was going to the high school back then, yeah. to high school. So <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't easy to match everything. And in my school, they didn't really like what I was doing. So it was yeah. a bit hard to, to get everything together. But so from the 458 challenge, I went up to the 458 uh, GD3. Mm -hmm. And I went all over the world racing in Valencia, Abu Dhabi, Yas Marina. Awesome. And, and so I, I got into this world and, uh, you know, never stopped. Is that, is that where this sort of Ferrari bug started to get in or had you had it before but i had it before but i'd say that it uh, has grown on me you know uh, yeah what was it like racing gt3 like it, it was looks awesome. like quite a crazy it was, series yeah it, it is and you know is um it's magical i don't know if you've ever experienced it but uh when you're on the other side car, but yeah when you when you're on the other side you know everything the, the atmosphere in in the box in the pit lane it's something else you know you feel special when you do that you really mm. do feel special it's a lovely thing and then okay so you did you got a bit of racing and you're like i like these old ferraris what what made you want to start a company to modify them so let's say um i i've used the testa rosa a lot mm -hmm. and and i used it in, in summer almost every day it was, was basically my daily and uh, my, my car, the car you can see now modified, mm -hmm. has 86,000 kilometers on it. Okay. That's I, good made 20, 000, I made 20,000 of them. Um, yeah. And I used it, you know, every day. And so I, I got to understand her limits very well mm. to, to see what was, I don't want to say wrong with it, but uh, what was, you know, limiting the car. Yeah. And so I've always said this bug inside my head, you know, of, I would love to, you know, make it drive a little better, be more refined inside. And uh, then in 2019, uh, yeah, it was 2019, all this, you know, the rest of mod scene exploded. Yeah. We had the, the Lancia Futurista, we had uh, Alpha Holics made that article on Top Gear with Chris Harris and everyone yeah. went crazy for it. And so I said, you know what? this may be a good time to, to do this thing. And I started looking at what was on the, on, on the market. I went to see the Futurista with my own eyes. Yeah. I felt like I can do this. I can do this and I can do something different because I wasn't really, um, let's say, I didn't agree much on everything was done to that car. So yeah. I said I may bring my version of what a restaurant should be to the world. And uh, that's how it started. And then... Okay, so you take a, a Testarossa, which actually I'll admit before I, I've never driven one, and I didn't know I don't know too much about them. So I sort of mm -hmm. what? Well, I did a little bit of Wikipedia and I had a, had a look at you know the base specs and whatnot. Came out in I did write this down. It's gone. <clears throat> Where did it come out? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty four. Four. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Presented 
at the Paris Auto Show in 1984 in October. And um, it was uh, then released with one mirror, one wing mirror on, on the driver's side and center, center lock wheels. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we see many iterations of the Testarossa over, over the years, getting the two wing mirrors, then five nuts, then getting to the 512TR, then F12, F512M. And then, so, okay, so you, and your base car, is it a Testarossa or is it a TR? Or it's a, a Testarossa. It's a Testarossa. It's the original Testarossa, the one with the mono, uh, mono dado, as they call them, and mono specchio, which yeah. means one, one wing, wing mirror and one um, nut. What was, wheels. what was the reasoning behind one wing mirror? Just quick. Because back in the in, in, in the late seventies and early eighties, they, they still had many cars still had only one wing mirror. Okay. So it was regulations basically. It wasn't mandatory to have them both. And and that, I guess that's on the other side. Like if you're on well, the left, it's on the right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then on right hand drives cars did they do it the other way around or did they just yes they 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 put it on on the right you know it's, it's close to not close it's on the um on the driver's side. side no it's oh, on, on the driver's driver side. side yeah yeah oh, okay so you, you see this big thing you have it here and when, when you get you know to to a roundabout you just don't see anything because it blocks all the, <laughs> the way the view of the incoming traffic so it's very dangerous so okay, and then the original car is I had a look up seventeen hundred kilos, three hundred and eighty five horsepower, four point nine liter flat twelve. That's the sort of base spec. They made yeah, ten thousand the of them, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, close to ten thousand. Yes. And yeah. and okay, so what have you done? Where did you start, and how much of it has it sort of evolved? So um, what we what we did was get the car completely stripped down to the bare chassis. And once we had the chassis in our hands, we reinforced it. You know, we made torsional rigidity uh, testing to find yeah. where the car was flexing. And uh, we made it stronger. Then we we put, you know, the, the chassis through the cataphoresic um, path, like they do with modern cars. You know, when, when the whole chassis gets into this... Um, bathtub but basically with a, a, a chemical compound inside that attaches itself to the chassis to prevent rust yeah they sort of because a the big problem thing, yeah. yeah they did the whole thing into this um into this chemical bath so they the, the car doesn't um doesn't rust anymore because the problem mm. is that you know this this car they, they rusted a lot from beneath you know the chassis it's yeah. steel it's exposed to the elements and so um we we make sure that this will not happen in the future then we we get the engine to the engine shop and uh, we start rebuilding the car with new suspension components yeah we change the arms the uprights the the wheels the tires then new suspension new new shock absorbers that are in this case Erlins, yeah um four way adjustable tampers or even electronically controlled there's a button okay. inside the inside the the center console that you can press to make the the suspension softer yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know for, in modern ferraris you have this uh bumpy road mode they call it yeah you know yeah, all yeah, the journalists yeah. they call it like that and and we introduced the same thing that's so a, we have great idea 
that so you know when you when you're driving or let's say on a, on a British B road as they mm. say you know that they are <laughs> a bit a bit um, ruined. You, you can t- press this button and the whole car gets softer. Yeah. Then we have a new steering rack that it's now quicker in response and it's only two turns lock to lock and okay. it also has power steering that only works. It's speed sensitive and only works when you're maneuvering mm-hmm. to make, to make the car easier to, to maneuver and, you know, around town or when you're parking. How because do you, it, when you're doing that, how do you set, how does that system actually work? I've heard of it in other cars. Um, I think I, it, it, it's, it's in the T50. I know they've got a power assisting, but only for that first bit. How does that system work? Do you know? So there's a speed sensor that can read um, usually on the, on the taco. It reads how, yeah. how fast you're going or, or even it has many other way of, you know, finding out how fast you can go. Maybe there's a GPS yeah. sensor. It depends on, on, on the car. And uh, there's an electric motor attached, attached to the steering column, and it knows. Uh, so the system knows to give power to this electric engine between, let's say, zero and 15 kph. Yeah. After that, you know, it just disengages the, the electric current that goes to the engine, and so you don't yeah. have power assisted steering anymore. Do you have resistance created by the motor at all? Like uh, when it's not you say when, when it's not, no, you, you cannot feel it. So it's not like slightly heavier or something. No, no. The, actually, the steering it's very heavy since you know it's a 1980s car. Yeah, it is yeah. a bit heavy on its own, so it it didn't ruin it. It didn't make it harder to to turn. Yeah, no, it sounds like a good system because I think most people that have not driven an older car or a car with unassisted steering, you get in and and the first thing you do is have to maneuver at five miles an hour or something. You know that, and then it's just like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that's why in the eighties they all had they all had big arms, you know, because they they yeah, were yeah. working out every time they drove. So, yeah. So, okay, with all the sort of overall things that you've changed and whatnot. Oh, but the list is longer. Been... I I mean, I have many other things to well, <laughs> to I, say I about it. Know. I want to know. Actually, okay. Should we let's just go through all the stuff and then? No, I mean, what do you want? I mean, it's not. I didn't want to interrupt. No, I want to know um, what was the sort of ethos or like the the direction that you wanted to go with the car. Like, what are you trying to sort of get out of the car by doing all of the modifications? So, uh, what I'm trying to achieve here is give the Testarossa the performance it deserves. Because, you know, okay. styling, design, amazing. The Testarossa looks amazing. It's one of the most significant cars in history. But it doesn't drive like the most significant car <laughs> in history. That's yeah. the problem. And so I wanted to give it the its own, you know, what it deserves. And for you, okay, I guess, because for some people, that might be a really stiff sort of, edgy supercar type crazy experience and some people it might be you know you want to go down a road you want to it needs to flow really nicely not get bounced around too much like where where do you sit on this scale in both 
actually okay. on both sides because now what we did is create this car that has two personalities two very distinct personalities it can be like in a modern car you know you get an amg you have uh, a switch in the in the center console that makes you have you know race mode and so the car yeah. is super aggressive super stiff while you know when you're in comfort and it's very comfy you don't feel it so mm-hmm. we gave the car this modern feeling of being capable of having a very aggressive let's say powertrain and, and suspension and then also a very relaxed and tamed down experience if you just want to cruise on the highway nice. so we we tried to give the car as i said you know um amg why amg because it's a brand i love um, mm-hmm. my my daily it's an e63 wagon yeah so i love the the, the capability of being in a super comfortable car that you know that doesn't rattle doesn't shake it doesn't i don't know whatever you know it's super comfortable i can make 700 kilometers without any problem and then when i want to you know enjoy myself on a twisty road or on a twisty highway i can just flick the switch get into race mode everything tightens up the engine gets more responsive and and so you you have this you know two different distinctive personalities and that's what i wanted yeah. to give to the testarossa because today in the modern era we are used to this mm. you know now uh, a hot hatch is goes as fast as a, as a 1980s ferrari yeah. so everybody is used to have you know something like this and that's what we gave to the to the testarossa yeah okay I get that. And actually, interestingly, I've been driving a lot of Mercedes recently and all of the AMGs I've driven in the UK, they ride awfully. Really? Like, yeah. Now, it, it could be various models are slightly different, whatever. So recently I drove an E53 mm-hmm. um, estate. It was uh, on... 19 inch wheels with air suspension and it was like it was horrible it it was i it shocked me um and i wonder i wonder why that i think part of it might be tires because it's on it was on run flats okay so it could be a little bit of you know a little bit of squidge yeah but not that much you know if you say it was horrible it's it was very crashy like you go over a small little infection in the road and it'd be like Really? Yeah. I mean, my, mine doesn't do that. My, mine has the twenty, the twenty-inch wheels. Yeah. You know, the the, the shoulder of the tire is pretty, it's pretty mm. low, but it's super comfortable. Air suspension, as you say, but maybe you know they made a different calibration to the suspension system for the British market. I, I maybe don't think so, but it's weird. I mean, because it it it's it's something I've spoken to like because in my mind that car should be really comfy. Like it should have the dual personality that you're talking about. And driven a couple of Mercedes recently. I, I drove like a, it was, I'm particularly looking at E-classes because I, I was thinking of buying one. And um, mm. so I drove the E220D on 18 mm-hmm. inch um, wheels and, and was just to see like, is this the same? And it was the base, the basic sort of spring rate in the car was definitely the same. It was a bit comfier mm-hmm. because of the sidewall, but it still had that kind of feeling around, mainly around town. I don't know. I mean, um, 
the 63 on my side, you know, yeah. doesn't do that, you know. Maybe maybe I have to drive maybe, a 63. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe the 50 the 53 is um it's not a complete AMG product, you know, it's, yeah. it's more of a Mercedes rebadged uh, with AMG. So maybe they wanted to give it, you know, a harsher ride to make it feel sportier even when yeah. you know it's not. I don't know, maybe it's marketing. Yeah. I, 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 something's gone wrong in the system somewhere. And I don't know whether the, that was, I think I drove a pre facelift mm -hmm. of the, uh, the E53 and maybe the, I, I hear the facelift is slightly better, but um, I'll, I'll have to go and drive an E63. So somewhere. you can compare them. <laughs> so I can compare them and be like, either there's something, you know, there's something about you. wrong with me or there's something wrong with No, 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 no. Because <laughs> if I believe, if you say it's comfy, Maybe to you, your car is comfy. Now I I can't teleport and and you know get in your car, and your car could well be really comfy. It's just crazy I mean, the the ones I've driven it's, recently. It's not it's not a Bentley, but you know it's comfortable. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's not crashing around. I would say the E fifty three I drove was worse than my GT three RS. Okay, that, that's that's <laughs> weird. That's yeah. weird. That's very weird. <laughs> Right. Anyway, back to back to Tesla Rosses. Um, okay, so you've made a bunch of changes to the car, um, and how? Okay, so let's say suspension. You've got a few setups you can have. You've got an, an Olin setup. Is there Olin's? What? So you've got two setups that you can have. Exactly. Right? So you can have a, a mechanical adjustable damper, which is in four four way adjustable damper from Olin's TTX thirty six. That has uh, uh, you know high high speed rebound and bump and rebound and low speed, so the, yeah. the four different way of of adjusting of adjustment. But also an electrically an electrically controlled valve, so you can, as I said before, you know that there are presettings. Uh, yeah. You know you can have as many as you want. The beautiful thing with our job is that we can tailor tailor um, the handling and the comfort of the car to the customer's okay. requirements. You know, if, for example, you want a more comfortable ride so that when you, you know, when you get down of your E53 with your broken <laughs> back, you can sit in the test of Rosa and have a more enjoyable ride. Yeah. Or we can make it stiffer. You know, spring rates can be changed. Uh, as I said, damper tuning can be changed. So everything is customizable. Mm. And that's what we do for dampers. Another thing we did to, that we introduced on the car to um, prevent it from scratching the ground. It's a front lifter. Okay. It raises yeah. the car at the front. Yeah, there's a button on the center console to make it easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with a very long overhang at the front, the Cesarosa scratches everywhere now that it's lower because it's right. a few centimeters lower to, you know, uh, make the handling a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And then we have new geometries at the front to make the car more responsive and behave better, especially on, on, on a... Um, oversteer situation because the um, geometry originally was a little um slow to respond to respond you know when, when you started um power sliding or drifting let's yeah. say the steering wheel didn't go back to to, to center as quickly oh, okay and so it was it wasn't easy to to catch it you know it was quite hard mm. you needed to be very very um um how do you say ready to yeah to, you got to be sort of prepared ahead Exactly. Time. Yeah. But now it's much more intuitive and easier to drive on the limit. 
thanks to these new changes, you know, we often forget how important a good geometry at the front is. Mm. But I, I don't mean the geometry that you can, you know, Castor and, and Cambridge, you can change. Even if you go to the workshop, now you, you can change. The, yeah. I mean, the actual geometry, meaning changing the design of the arms and uh, the way okay. they are attached to the chassis to, to give it a, a, a level of readiness, let's say, when you, when, when you want to oversteer or when you want to do something not necessarily right, like going straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can, you can do it now. Easy. And when, okay, so in that in that regard, so you're literally you're moving points, you know, from where they attach to sort of different places and whatnot to make it it work better. Um, what is what is the sort of general idea of like how did you approach that? How did you approach that whole thing? Because you're like, well, we could just change. You know, some people might go, okay, add a bit of camber, you know, change spring rates, whatever. But you're like, no, we want this to be better. We, we, we started like, um, so I knew what was wrong, but I'm not an engineer, so I cannot, you know, say, yeah, let's do that. Let's do this other thing. Yeah. So we, we talked to, um, to an engineer, Mr. Giuseppe Angiulli, which is responsible for the famous Alfa Romeo 155 DTM. Mm-hmm. You know, the car that back in the 90s raced the, um, the German DTM and, and won as well. Cool. And um, he, he made many, many race cars and successful race cars. Yeah. So he's, he knows the things or two <laughs> on making suspension for cars. And uh, he designed the new, the new geometry, the new arms, the new uprights. So, you know, we gave the, the job to, to someone that they knew what to do. Yeah. It's not like one day we woke up and say, okay, let's change this. Let's put that there. <laughs> let's do something. No, there was there, there were there was a team of engineers making these things, making decision, and and in terms of implementing that, do you have to move mounting points and stuff like that, or are you just the the arms and every you know all the suspension components themselves have all just changed? We we changed the the attachments to the chassis because they were very flimsy. When, when you see how they are they were they were done, mm-hmm. it's actually scary. So we okay. make this now stronger and safer. And we change also the the arms slightly. No, not slightly. Actually, we change the arms a lot, and um, and also the uprights. It's now aluminum at the at the front because it was um, steel before. Mm. So there's a, a lot less mass in the wheel arches, and as you know, um, when you reduce the the weight of the wheels and all the yeah, unsprung mass, uh, it's it's a good thing. And in, and also in the back, we did the same thing. And we introduced also a, you know, the, the toe link. Like because before the testosterone in the back had a very straight um, geometry. You, you couldn't change much. Yeah. And you had a very antiquated system of using uh, washers to augment the, the space between one side or the other to, okay. to change the orientation of the wheel. So it was a bit of a nightmare every time you had to change something. And now we have a a toe link so it's easier to adjust and make everything so okay you once you've done these sort of quite serious suspension changes the first time you drove the car afterwards what was that like something else (laughs) that was like (laughs) something completely different i i recall I, i i 
took it out of the, out of the garage and we didn't have plates on, so I couldn't go far. You know, yeah. I was just uh, I was just driving on on the street behind the, the workshop, and I don't know, it was something so special because it drove like unlike anything else. You know, because it's something from the eighties and has this uh, modern feel in the way it drives, but at the same time, it's vintage. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. That's cool. And I That's was cool. super happy. I was super happy. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I think a lot of, I find, I haven't driven loads of older cars, but I've driven some. And definitely suspension is a huge part of the feeling of these older vehicles. And not that you lose it, but just like, like my F40, now gone. But the suspension made it sketchy. It was the suspension. You had an F40? Yeah, yeah. I sold it recently. Wow, lovely. Lovely. Oh, um, really? And just like the fact that it was quite like old school, you've, it felt old school in terms of it didn't deal with bumps very well. The, mm-hmm. the car would move around quite a lot over various like bits of bouncy road and whatnot, which made it feel quite interesting. Like if you drove reasonably quickly, it's kind of, you know, it's yeah, up yeah. on its toes at 60 miles an hour rather than a modern car just kind of... Vump, yeah, but like. we're talking about the F40, you know, which is the racing version of... Yeah. So let's yeah. say it's kind of understandable, you know, because it's the, let's say, more racing-oriented. It's like the pista version of whatever it was. Yeah, I would, but I would love to one day drive and i know some people that are thinking of doing some stuff to f40s um mm-hmm. but drive yeah, one in one... front of you right now ah uh-huh. nice nice um, so if you want to do it just give me a call <laughs> but i i want to drive an f40 with a more modern geo and suspension setup i think it'll be easy we can do it i mean <laughs> you know it's it's still a ferrari from the 80s so many of the things learned on the testarossa can be applied to the f4 mm. yeah so okay so you're making these cars interior let's talk about the interior because i feel like you've changed the interior quite a bit which has made it yes, a lot we did. nicer so actually uh, we didn't because the styling of the, inter- the design of the interior is exactly the same mm. we didn't change anything because, yeah, as you can see, this is a Testarossa interior because we didn't want to change anything since the car looks good as yeah. it is. You know, the, the seats, they are, they are they have been designed only for this car. There isn't another car in the world with these seats. So yeah. we didn't want to change anything because, we, we, as I said, we wanted to respect the Testarossa, mm. not to change it too much and... That's not my idea of resto mode, you know? Yeah. A resto mode to me should be keeping the car as original as possible regarding the styling, and unless there's something or, or renders that needs to be, you know, yeah. adjusted, but for the rest, keeping it as original as possible. And what we did to the interior, so we, as I said, we stripped down everything. We get uh, to our, um, how should you call it, uh, interior shop. I don't know, yep. uh, reupholster. And it's the same guy that makes the interiors for Pagani's, mm-hmm. for Wahiras and Zondas nice. in, in Italy, close to Modena. And uh, 
when we were there, we said, okay, we need to give this interior a feeling of luxury that was never there before. Yeah. So now the, the leather on the center console, as you can see here in the picture, flows differently. We have this stitching here on, on the center console that makes everything more luxurious mm. and feel, feels better. The leather is softer and has this, this beautiful smell of new. You know, it's not the typical <laughs> 1980s thing. And um, even the carpets, the carpets are the same carpets you can find in a Rolls Royce. So okay. lambs will... Not not the very high and thick um, lamp yeah, yeah. over carpet, but the actual carpet. Yeah. Because I wanted to give this car the dual personality of a very luxurious GT mm -hmm. as well. Then we what we did is change all the heat, re heat reflecting and sound uh, shielding materials, you know, the sound deadening yeah. and everything with modern materials to make the cabin as quiet as possible. Because when I'm cruising on a highway, I don't want to here, you know, tire noise yeah. or wind noise. And so we, we worked a lot on that to make the cabin as quiet as possible without losing too much of the engine. Yeah. That's, you know, still. Did you get a, a, a reasonable reduction in, in yes, noise? Yes, we did. I mean, the Tesla has always been a quiet car inside. Okay. But when you're inside, I mean, it's not a phantom level of quiet, mm. but... It's it's at a very good point now. Yeah, that's nice. And, um, and what we did, so we changed the way the seats are stitched to to have to give it this feeling of of, of um, this perception of luxury that wasn't there before, as I said before, you know. And also, all the components you touch on the interior now are metal, no longer plastic. Okay. It's aluminum, machined aluminum, anodized black. For example, the center console, which was a very cheap plastic piece, you know, the 1980s plastic that squeaked and rattled. Yeah. It, it's now um, machined aluminum, like the stocks on behind the steering wheel. Yeah, these are the buttons I was talking about before. And, um, and what else? Basically, the, the, there's, oh, this is a very... Interesting piece. For the, the people right that are listening only, I'm, I'm running ah. through some photos at the same time. And they're not so, going to see it. So they might not see, but what we're looking okay. at, can you explain what we're looking at right now? So this is the pannello di controllo or control panel, you know, uh, with which you can set the traction control and ABS. Okay. You, um, we have on this car a 12-way adjustable traction control and ABS system to enable the driver to, um, to choose what he wants. You know, if you mm. are driving on a very wet road, you just flick the switch to wet mode. So the ABS and the traction control are very intrusive and they can prevent you from crashing or sliding. Did or if you have, you know, or on your racetrack and you want to go as fast as possible, you can deactivate everything into off and you're on your own. Did that, what, what did the car what did the testarossa have did it have any traction control ABS, no it didn't have like anything okay and then has that been quite an interesting process fitting that and calibrating it? it it was yeah we had to do a lot of testing on the racetrack to get the abs right and the traction control right mm. so oh, yeah you need to do a, a lot nice, of kilometers a nice feature for people that are used to driving with traction control all the time exactly and actually, that's you know the modern feeling we wanted to give to the car, you know, being safer around yeah. you, 
not just yeah you got 500 horsepower just drive around now this this has to be you know something safe you can enjoy it doesn't have to be yeah. scary and that's yeah. a level of safety you know there's the safety net called traction control abs that once you have them it's difficult not to have them yeah, <laughs> yeah. have you ever braked hard with the with the f40 on the rain and the rain you know when it was raining it was uh yeah uh not from like a high speed but i, ha- I have um, so you know what, what it means exactly <laughs> and that's the scariest feeling um, when you're on the road that, that's yeah that's scary so to me abs it's a must because it saves your life more than traction mm. control abs it's a, because you know traction control can be your right foot yeah but abs is very hard because when it's an emergency on the road you just put your foot on the brake very hard and the front wheel wheels they lock up and it's hard to, if, if you don't know what you're doing, it's very hard to save yourself. So I yeah. think that's a must have for every car now. Yeah. Unless you have a lot of practice in race cars and whatnot and, and pushing on various, you know, road services. Yeah, exactly. But you know, the average buyer, the average user does, doesn't right. have this racing experience. You know what I mean? No. And I think there's with around certain topics, um, whether it's, you know, ABS traction control, you get a bunch of sort of people on their sofas and their computer being like, I don't need traction control. (laughs) I don't need ABS. And the reality is like, if I'm driving my GT3 RS, for example, 997, Mm -hmm. um, I leave traction control, obviously you can't turn off ABS, but traction control on all the time, unless I'm on track and I'm like, you know, I want to mess around and whatnot, and then I'll turn it off. But when I'm back on the motorway and I'm zoning out and I'm chilling out and I'm not paying all of the attention the entire time, it's on. Exactly. And like, and there's loads of people that are like, no, you don't need it. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, come on. Just like, <laughs> get yeah, exactly. with the times. It's safer. Exactly. And the same for radios. Um, so I was, I drove a, a 992 GT3 yesterday, mm-hmm. someone's car. And we were talking about different options that people spec in these things and mm-hmm. people that do radio delete. Yeah. And or aircon delete. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, they're like, it saves whatever, five kilos. Yeah. Eight kilos what? or something. And you're like, no, no one is faster. It's not a race car. Exactly. Not racing anyone. <laughs> That's the problem. You know, we, here we go down to philosophy, you know, because. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you drive a race car, it, you know, I never drive my cars on the on the racetrack. Mm. I have I have other cars and I, never, and I never drive them on the on the racetrack because I don't feel safe. Because if you start driving a race car, you, you, I don't know if you ever driven a race car in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. A, so have you a know what it means. So you know what it means. Mm. You know, it, you have something else. It has nothing to do. Even though it's a GD three, you said. But if you take a 911R and, and a GD3 for a road-going GD3 or a 458 and a 458 GD3, they, ha- they are nothing alike. No. You have the road cage inside. Everything is different. Uh, and they are engineered to go on a racetrack. So I, I don't never feel safe driving on a racetrack with a, with a car for the road. And uh, as I said, you don't need, as you said, you don't need to remove five extra kilos to be... <laughs> two tenths of a second quicker around the Nürburgring. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Be- because a race car is something else, you know, that, that doesn't even have radio because it's a race car. And then, you know, 
and uh, eliminating it from from your lives to me it's a problem because we we enjoy listening music in our cars don't we i do i, I do as well do. you know that's the it's place where i listen to music it's very so, important <laughs> and with, with with special cars it's even it's even better because you know i was in um in in california in 2019 in, in summer for the Monterey car week Mm-hmm. And I was driving the new Stratos, you know, the, the Ferrari the oh, Ford, yeah. F40. So I was driving the new Stratos on the Pacific Coast Highway. So the 101, I was, mm-hmm. you know, over the sea. I was, and the car didn't have the radio. So I was oh. there holding my iPhone like this <laughs> to listen to Crepuscolo sul mare, which is, you know, this uh, instrumental song that simply feels like the sea and the, okay, the sunset yeah. and and i was there and i wanted to enjoy the moment with the music but i couldn't <laughs> and that was so frustrating that since then i said i need a radio in every single car i i drive because you never know what what happens yeah and what yeah, you want to yeah. listen to and you can enjoy that if you're only going to drive a car for half an hour and it's all about just being like, you know, and it's got a really loud exhaust and mm-hmm. it, you're going sort of your favorite road or whatever. I can see why people might not have one or, you know, d- wouldn't install one if the car doesn't already have it. Absolutely. But do a road trip. And cars, to exactly. me, are about road trips. And if you drive for eight hours on a motorway, like, it's pretty boring. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. It depends on, on the use you, you, you do with the car. You know, if, if you just put it on a trailer, take it to the racetrack and drive it for 10 hours straight on a mm. Saturday and then you take it back home, I can understand. But to me, I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's just my, my personal idea. Personal preference. Yeah, I, I love to have the radio. Even on the Testarossa, when you drive around at night listening to Miami Vice uh, theme, <laughs> you know, the Crockett theme or yeah. whatever, and feel like I'm in the 80s. It's, <laughs> to, me, to me, that's part of the, of the magic that you get with these cars, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think like, we all have a soundtrack that goes with various parts of our lives. And you're like, you, you associate music and it, it builds that and it takes you back to a different time or a different place or a exactly. different memory or like a road trip playlist that you just listened to on that road trip. And then you listen to five years later and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, straight back Yeah, I remember there. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you do to the, the audio system? So we changed uh, everything once again. Now we have a 1,500 watt system compared to the 200 and something what it had in yeah. before and a new head unit that has apple carplay bluetooth connectivity uh, navigation you know like the porsche like the porsche um, retro radio yeah. you can put in 911s yeah but the styling has been uh, cured by uh, our um, designer and now looks like a 1984 macintosh yeah 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 and it's, yeah, it's and it's once again you know all machined aluminum from a solid piece and then anodized in this color yeah you can see it over here this is uh it has the same radiuses if you see on the sides on the sides of the 1984 Macintosh okay because it was like you know it was born in the same year of the Testarossa yeah. so I wanted to give this little Easter egg and <laughs> if you see in in the in the corner there there's written OF audio link 
Right. In and oh, and in the, the OF, font. yeah, in and <laughs> the OF. I don't know if you can zoom it. There's you know the the same colors, not not actually the same colors, but like in Apple Macintosh that they had this yeah. uh, LGBTQI plus uh, like colors. Yeah, I don't know if I you remember. remember. I'm sorry. I, I know. I'm. Let's cut this. Let's do it again. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's. it's I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's so. like it's multicolor. You can see there. It's um like it's the original the, Macintosh. The colored gradient that you go exactly. from like yeah, red sorry, to I'm sorry, purple you know, through the different colors. For, for, there you go. I'm talking yeah. too much. I'm sorry. A little, a little nod. There you go. A little, a little Easter egg. Do you have any other yeah. Easter eggs in the car? So what else do we have? Um, Easter eggs. So we have, yeah, we have a 1984 Motorola phone. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dead words. You know, like, like that was originally inside my car. It yeah. came like this, but never worked. So mm-hmm. which changes the internals to the telephone, and now it's linked to the radio. Right. And when you receive a phone call and you connect it via Bluetooth to, yeah. the, um, to, the, to, the, to the radio, you can either talk on loudspeaker inside yeah. the car, or you can pick up the phone and talk directly on the phone. Oh, and nobody can hear what you're saying. So if you have to order, I don't know... 10 kilos of cocaine, you know, it's the <laughs> 80s. You can do it quietly without no one listening None of your passengers you. clocking is what that, you're exactly. doing. Exactly. That is, that is wicked. I've got a friend who has a phone like this in his, uh, I think it's in like a, a Rolls Royce or something, um, but mm-hmm. it, it's not connected to anything. So what's the, is that quite a, a complicated process to do that? Y- yes, it is, because you have to take the radio apart, the telephone apart and make the two talk mm. to each other it's not it's not easy I, I it took us a lot of months of you know testing working out and, yeah no, no. Uh, he'll probably send you an email <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I, want, I want this tech you might end up having to buy a testarossa in the process <laughs> um oh yeah so that that's cool um oh yeah you and you've, you've done some luggage mm-hmm. then you know the running boards, they are all machined aluminum once again, and they are custom to the customer specification. And um, what, what else do we have? The radio is better than engine. the air conditioning. Yeah, engine, exactly. That's a good point. Um, so <laughs> the car originally engine? had 385, 390 horsepower, depending on the reading. Yeah. Now the car has more than 500 horsepower. We are still in development to make the engine even more powerful in a, mm-hmm. let's say, like Singer. You know, Singer has different uh, steps. Yeah. You can have the 3.8 liter, the 4 liter yeah. with different power levels. And we now, we now we are at 500 horsepower, but if someone wants something less, we can, of course, deliver. Yeah. Um, and so what, what have you done? Have you made the engine... Is it now like 5.1 or something? No, or it's, it's it still 4.9, 4.9, 4.9-3-C-C-M. But what changed is all the internals mm-hmm. and also the injection system and uh, exhaust system, the ECU. And we started, you know, with um, removing the older Bosch K, KJ-Tronic injection system, which was an electromechanical system that wasn't yeah. really... Uh, efficient, let's say, and we removed a ton of weight just by removing that that piece alone. 
and uh, we replaced it with the ECU from EFI, EFI, which is an Italian brand that makes mm -hmm. uh, control units for Ferrari F1 as well. And we we have this ECU that now stays proudly on top of the engine. You can see the three the, the three um, motorsport connections reaching the ECU and then going to to the engine and to the fuse board and fuse board and various other parts of the car and also change all the spark plugs and, and and the coils you know we don't have distributors anymore we have coils directly on top of the spark plugs yeah and uh and then we change the internals as that as i said with new pistons a new balanced um, crankshaft new uh, new cams new valves new valves retainers as i said the ecu injection system the exhaust now we have a inconel mm -hmm. uh, headers we have inconel headers and uh, titanium mufflers this is the first system developed for a testarossa like this okay. so you know like in formula one cars the inconel yeah. for the headers and then muffler in titanium and the muffler has uh, a valve, two valves actually, one on each bank that can be opened when you press a button on the center console. And with this, you get a fully straight pipe to exhaust, <laughs> which is crazy. It gets up to 135 decibels and it's yeah, crazy. It's just crazy. Good. I imagine get out of town, right road, beep. It's awesome. <laughs> it makes you cry. You know, the, the vibrations you get from the engine when it's open are incredible. This, okay, yeah. You can feel it in, 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 your, in your body. It's <laughs> incredible. Sounds like an F1 car because now we get up to 9,000 RPM. Our red Ooh. line, it's 9,000 RPM. So, you know, when you're up there, eight, five, nine, it's crazy. It makes you, it makes you cry, really. You laugh and... <laughs> Last week, we, we drove the car to the Gotthard Pass here yeah. in Switzerland. And I had a friend behind me, which was following us. And he said that listening to it on the mountain road with the sun setting was one of the greatest feeling he ever had. So amazing. That's really cool. And what do we have? Uh, we also have a, a switch in the center console that lets you choose two different maps for the engine, you know, like the Ferrari okay. Manettino in a certain sense. And you have O and F, which is mm -hmm. O for original power. When you're on O, the, the engine adjusts itself with timing and, um, and various different um, parameters to be quiet. Uh, that's one, exactly. Uh, to be more, more streetable. Okay, yeah. so th the throttle response is much more relaxed. Yeah, and the whole power delivery—it's different, you know. It's it's main, meant to to drive around town easily, be easy on, on you know on, on the powertrain, not putting too much stress on on you and the components. Yeah, and then when you want to go fast, you flick the switch, you go to F of full power. That's a little Easter egg, you know. O F of efficiency yeah. avanti. Okay, and yeah, you yeah. you have the full five hundred horsepower, five hundred and ten, five hundred horsepower. And you can drive like a, the hell out of it, you know. Yeah. You get a more responsive, uh, a more responsive uh, throttle, and the whole car 
gets into race mode, let's say. So the suspension stiffens up, the exhaust opens up, and everything gets ready to <laughs> to go fast, you know. As I said, like in an AMG, you can flick the switch and go into race mode, yeah. and you get everything. So the suspension on its hardest setting, the gearbox in, in, in the faster changing yeah. time, let's say, the engine more responsive. And we did the same here. When you flick the switch to F, you get everything in the hardest setting. Yeah, and then if you want, you can go suspension soft. Exactly. If you can detune it, you know. Yeah. Once you have it in, in, in F, you can press the suspension button to get back to, to, to let's say, comf, comfy suspension, let's say mm. softer, or even the, the exhaust button if you don't want to be as loud as an yeah. F1 car. So, <laughs> what, does it, what does the car weigh? Originally, there was sort of 1,700-ish, I think. Yeah, exactly. Now it's 130 kilo less. Uh, not dry, I mean wet, so yeah. with a half tank of fuel and all the the liquids inside, it's uh, 130 kilo less. Okay. Because we, we reduced a lot of weight only through components because we didn't mm. use carbon fiber in the car because okay. we, you know, uh, philosophy is in the 80s, the, the, the carbon fiber wasn't widespread to production mm-hmm. cars. You know, the F40, yeah, that was the first. Yeah. But we're talking 87, 88 not not the test that was in eighty four, and so we kept this this um, yeah this philosophy of not using carbon fiber, unlike everybody else that uses carbon fiber to yeah. redo the body. Or, but it would be very hard to redo the body of the Testarossa in carbon fiber because it was handmade, still okay. handmade. So every car is different, and okay. yeah. it's not very easy to make um, a unified Testarossa carbon fiber panels. You know because. Maybe it fits in my car, but on yours, it doesn't. It wouldn't there could fit, be yeah. up to three centimeters differences on some panels. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That is, it was the that 80s is a in Italy, difference. you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fine Italian engineering. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that they didn't do anything good because actually the car is good already, but, you know. It was the time. It was Fiat, you know, back in yeah. the 80s. So yeah, exactly. Um, so so you take a base car, you strip it down, you do all your stuff, build it back up again. What do they What do they cost? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so it depends. <laughs> it depends on the specification. Starting price. Starting. Starting price. price it's around four hundred thousand euros. Okay. Does that include a car? Or no. Plus a car. Actually, okay. the customer needs to provide the donor car. Yeah. But we can find a donor car if the customer doesn't have one. So, yeah. but uh, it, it has to be brought to us, you know, and registered to someone that isn't us. Yeah. To, so to, okay. to the client. And um, yeah, the price, the base price is for 400,000 euros. But if you want a car like, like the one I, I made for myself, it's more on the 500,000 okay. euros range mm-hmm. because it has many, you know, the electronically controlled suspension, the engine is more powerful, so it depends on what you want. Even the, the leather yeah. on the inside, it's a very soft leather that cost a, a fortune, just yeah. the leather. So it depends on what you want, you know. Okay. You can do a top-down uh, configuration to, to find the right, um, the, the right spec for, for each customer, you know. Yeah. And does that include, do, does someone need to give you like a, a really good car to start with? Or 
can it be like a bit rusty and whatnot? The, the better the car, the better, the, the easier the result, the, yeah. the transformation. Because, you know, when you get a Testarossa that has rust on it, repairing the chassis, I mean, it's feasible. But, you know, it's always good to start with a safe and solid car yeah. that has been well maintained. Because also components like the gearbox, if you have to rebuild a Testarossa gearbox, that, that's a nightmare. So... You you should find a car that is uh, in as good as as good as possible. Yeah, but of course, if the car has some minor imperfections, can be yeah, can be easily. It doesn't treated. matter if your engine's done a hundred thousand kilometers no. because it's all getting changed. Yeah, the only problem is the gearbox because, as I said, uh, finding components it's hard and it's very intricate and complicated. So that, that's. Point that should be inspected before purchase. Mm. Cool. I really like the phone. I, I, I like. Oh, I like the sound. Well, I like this, the idea that it's, it revs to nine. That to mm-hmm. me, with that engine, it. I feel like that's going to be quite some experience. Like hearing that. Uh, why don't you come down to Switzerland and try it yourself? I. I'm keen. I'm keen. We will do it. I don't know when. Yeah. Then let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know how far close you are to the Italian border. Maybe we go into Italy and then drive it in Italy. A few kilometers away. So, yeah, that's better. (laughs) We also have worked a lot on on the braking system. Okay. We now feature, yeah, yeah. yeah, the the Brembo's, uh, Brembo Racing from the Racing Catalog, Mm -hmm. GD3 uh, brakes from the 488 GD3, six pistons at the front and four pistons at the back. The, the impressive thing is that now we have more than, I don't know, maybe 10 times the, the braking power compared to before. Okay. Because yeah. the, the Testarossa had a big problem. It didn't brake. It slowed down. <laughs> you know, yeah. it slowed down. Um, the brakes were underdimensioned, you know, were too small for, for such a heavy and big car. Uh, here yeah. it is. You can, you can see that's the front pad. Okay. For the people that are, are listening, the, the front pad is literally, it's double the size. It's like double the area. Yeah, but you have two of them. So, you know, it's four times. Yeah. So you, you get a lot more power, uh, braking power. And the, the brake itself, the, the caliper, it's much bigger and lighter. Even though it's bigger, it's lighter and stiffer. Mm. So you get much more pressure to the pads and then to the disc compared to the original. Yeah. And once again, we reduce the unsprung mass and uh, make the handling better. Then uh, we also have, for the engine, I, I forgot, um, we molded and casted new aluminum, um, let's say, passages for the air. Because since we removed the, the original Bosch injection system, we had this, yeah. that, you know, r- routed the, the air from the air cleaner into mm. the plenum and then down to the cylinders. We, we had to cast this aluminum piece that, thanks to fluidodynamics, we, we made that passage faster to produce mm. more power or well, not um, the gearbox as well. We have now a fifth, uh, fifth gear. It's longer to be mm-hmm. a better cruiser on the highway okay. and to also yeah. have a higher top speed that it's now 200 miles an hour, 201, <laughs> 202 miles an hour. Yeah. So it's, it's truly a supercar now. How's and, the aero uh, at that speed? So the Testarossa has a, Big problem with error because over 230, 250, you start flying, you know, it goes, uh, yeah. the nose starts <laughs> lifting. 
but we worked a lot on aerodynamics as well with a flat underfloor completely okay and the car rides a little uh pointing down at the front yeah to have right. more aerodynamic yeah to be more aerodynamic and we mitigated this okay we made the best we could to to make it stay on the ground at 100 <laughs> kilometers now and uh and so, uh, what else? The tires are new, as I said. You know, we now have. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 17 inches at the front and 18 at the back. Mm. And also wider. So we can have in a little more contact area to the road. And we use modern performance tires, the Michelin Pilot Sport 4. Yeah. And the Trofeo R's from Pirelli, if you want to go real fast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and also winter tires. Okay, that, that that's was, I was keen to that to have yeah to have winter tires if you want to drive it in winter. Now you can, or even on the you know if you want to do a road trip and you want to go yeah. to the ski resort or whatever, you can do it to test the Rosa now because you have traction control that prevents you from spinning the tires. Yeah. You have winter tires and also ABS. If you have to brake, you know, the conditions yeah. aren't so good, you can. You've got all the things. And, exactly, to help you out. And a Testarossa in the Alps or wherever is going to look pretty cool in the snow. In the snow, yeah. Wait, because once it's going to start snowing over here in Switzerland, we're going to do some videos with the car mm. on the snow. And, in, and the bodywork? Mm-hmm. You've, you've, uh, yeah. Have you adjusted anything, or does it is it literally does it look exactly the same, or is, no, is it uh, so it looks panels? exactly the same, but we changed a few details, a few minor details. For example, the key holes. Okay. They had this very big rubber, big rubber um, ring um, mm-hmm. that made them ugly and and big, and so we we removed it and made it flush with the door, only on the driver's side. Mm-hmm. So now, when you see the passenger side, the shape, the, the, the shape of the car is uninterrupted by anything because there's no okay. keyhole, there's no Pininfarina badge, and we made it as clean as possible, you know, like the designer penned it back in the, in yeah. the 80s. And on the passenger side, on the, on the driver's side, we removed the keyholes even from the fuel cap, but it's now a push-push system, so you push oh, it okay. and it opens up like in a modern car. Yeah, yeah. And also the pinning for in a badge on, on the lower side of the car to make it, as I said, look a little cleaner. 
yeah. and better. My, minor tweaks, but it makes all the difference in the world when you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing the difference. Like a small thing that's just not right makes it like a whole surface. You're just you immediately just like, what is what is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it gives you a, a feeling of of uh, being more modern. Mm. Even though it's the same thing, it feels more modern now without this typical eighties, you know, big locks and, and and logos on on the side. What else changed? So all the the lights are now LEDs inside and out. We have a a lift. I told you about the lifter. What else about the engine? Maybe oh, the ECU. It's a very intelligent ECU that you know knows in which gear you're in, and adapts. Right the torque curve and the power delivery oh, okay. to the, to the um, you know, like in a modern Ferrari, like 488, for example, with yeah. the turbos, they, they limit torque in first mm-hmm. gear to, to get a, a better launch and you know, not spin yeah. the wheels. And our car can do the same, depending on the conditions. Okay. Uh, she knows in which gear she, she, she's in and adapts the, the engine to, to respond in the better possible way. Oh, so okay. you, you can see there's, there's, a lot of technology in our yeah. Testarossa. You know, it's not just like, okay, we change the wheels, we put fuel injection in it, let's call it a day. No, there is a lot of engineering R&D behind this. It's not the mm. typical resto mod. I was going to say, it sounds like you've gone on the electronic side and the engine management and all that sort of stuff, you've gone way over and above what normally exactly. gets done in, in this space. You know, usually what you see in resto mods, it depends, but you see... They change the suspension, just the shock absorbers, the wheels, the tires, maybe a bit more powerful brakes, okay. But that's it, you know. N- nobody changes uh, geometries no. and maybe makes um, and has such a high level of technology, in, as I said, in, in everything suspension, ABS, traction control, engine management, and uh, suspension management. The, so I'm very proud of what we did here. Because we wanted to give, you know, we have a lot of racing technology because also the ABS and the traction control are like in a race car where you can set yeah. them into different positions. We have this, as I said at the beginning, you know, this dual uh, personality of a race car that is at the same time a GT. Yeah. No, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds wicked. Like, <laughs> it sounds like something that I, like, would fit into my life very well. Crazy when you want it to be crazy and really comfy and just kind of cruise around when you want to be when you want cruising to. around. And you want to and listen still. to your play to the your playlist. Exactly. Your get trip. the playlist on. On my road trip. Exactly. And then you get to the right road, press the button, 130 decibels, nine thousand RPM, off you go. Traction control. Off lower. And you slide around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and, it's uh, wicked. Yeah. Have you have you taken it? Where where have you taken this car? Like, where's the furthest you've been with it? Did you use it? Have you taken it everywhere? Uh, I mean, I've driven a lot. I made more than five thousand kilometers since we no less two thousand kilometers since we presented it on the fourth of mm. October in La Spezia in the commercial harbor of La Spezia. I don't know if you've seen any any picture I've of it. I've seen a couple of the pictures. Yeah, yeah, we we were inside this. Um, this this commercial harbor, you know, because we wanted to give this 1980s Miami Vice vibe. Yeah. So in between containers and cranes, that was 70 meters high. 
there was this tester roaster that exited a container and um, and then showed the car to the world. Now there was the press and then other, other people. And yeah. so uh, since then, which was on the 4th of October, I made 2,000 kilometers with it, but I'm not driving it too much because we still have to, um, to make some minor tweaks, you know? Yeah. ECU needs to be, the map of the ECU needs to be refined a little. And um, we're still, you know, making some, some adjustments. So um, the car is often in, in the engine shop, in the workshop to, to adjust a few yeah. minor details. So, um, but I'm driving it, I'm driving it. The, the furthest, so the, the longest trip I did was like 500 kilometers, I guess. Mm. Mixed highway and, and normal road. Yeah. And the car behaves beautifully, really. It's super comfortable when you want to and super fast when you want to. So yeah, no, it's cool. she does the are job. You re- are you really, uh, well, presumably you are, but like the feeling of driving that car now versus when it started, not just from a point of view of it's better at X, Y, and Z, but like, mm-hmm. that it's your project. Presumably that feels quite good. Yes, it does. It does. You know, um, I'm very happy with what I did and the results. And um, I feel feel good about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, for everybody that helped us, that helped me and, and, and my colleagues to, to achieve this. And I'm mm. very proud of what we did. I'm proud of nice. the team that worked on it and I'm proud of what we achieved together. Yeah, it sounds like a cool project. It sounds like a, a, it sounds cool. Um, and how long, if, Thank if, you. if someone ordered one now, how long before they could have one? If they depending did, on the specifications, you know, it can be four to six months, okay. depending on specifications. Yeah, if, you know, if you want a special color that requires two weeks in the paint, in the paint shop, you know, of course, one more time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but actually it's four to six months. It's okay. reasonably not too long. Yeah, you know, if you order a, a modern Ferrari, you have to wait two years to get it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're not allowed to order certain options anymore. Actually, I don't know whether Ferrari are doing that, but lots of manufacturers are doing that at the moment, aren't they? Where like really because because of um, chip shortages. Oh yeah, you know, of course. Computer chips that like you can't get a wireless charging pad for your phone in the car because they're like. We don't have no, I, did, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Wow. It's, really? it's certain, certain manufacturers. I think the mm-hmm. higher end cars, they have so much, they have enough kind of profit built into the system that paying an extra hundred pounds for another chip or whatever is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But if you were to order a BMW three series or something like that, or two series or whatever, um, there's certain options you can no longer get. I didn't know that. Wow. Cool. That's bad. Uh, like the one that you can't do at E-Class, if you order a new E-Class, um, I don't know whether it, it may be different for the AMG models, but for a normal E-Class, you can't get the, the big screen, the 12 okay. and a half inch screen. You can only have the inch 10 screen, inch yeah. screen. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's, that's it's crazy. That's so bad. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. That's it's so mad. Right. So. Do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? You mean in general with the Testarossa? Just in general. In general, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So, hmm, that's a tough question. Oh, yeah. That's a very tough question. 
So as I said, the one I made in 2019 with the Stratos in California wasn't bad. Uh, what else? That sounds pretty hmm. cool. So how long did you that, get to drive that car for? Uh, it was uh, six hours because it was from LA yeah. to, to Monterey. So it was like six hours, I guess. Yeah, something like this. What, what's, what's the car like? I love the Stratos, you know, I really love the, the new Stratos. It, it is super nimble, super quick. It, it's a lovely thing, really. Mm. Uh, it's very expensive, maybe a little too too expensive for what it is, because it's still yeah. a 430 at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. But a lovely thing. The driving experience, it's beautiful. The engine is super responsive because it's naturally aspirated. You get... You get a, a beautiful, because they tweak the engine a little, so a beautiful tur curve that you can enjoy at every RPM. Mm. It's a lovely thing. The only problem, as I said, doesn't have a radio. Oh. Yeah. Well, we know that's not good enough. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's a problem. So for everyone listening that it's into the rest of mod business, please include a radio in your cars. Yeah, as an option. Like, at least, as, at, as least option. at least as an option. Yeah, exactly. At least as an option. Yeah, otherwise we'll all be driving around with our AirPods on. <laughs> exactly. And the, I mean, that's not bad. I, I do it sometimes, but yeah. But isn't it illegal to... I don't know. I don't think so. To drive it? Hmm. Maybe, Maybe it, let's cut I, this part. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it could well be in Switzerland. Exactly. Um, so the, uh, let's say I didn't... I, I never drove with the AirPods on. Okay, no, never. No, no, no. No, no. But Forget what I said. Forget for, what I said. For people... If you're ever thinking about driving with AirPods in, noise cancellation in a very loud car works very well. Yeah, that's what it, I did. Yeah, exactly. It's very good. Um, I, I, I may have done this on long trips occasionally in uh, in various cars, and it's it's. Uh, a so do I. I. I may may have. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere I, else. <laughs> yeah, in some in some place, private road or whatever. Anyway, and what about your your best road trip? What what was it? Oh, what's mine? That is a good question. Uh, I think I've had a few really good, like a few really good ones, but the one that sort of sticks in my mind um, was the first time. And for the people that are listening to the podcast, they've probably heard this a, a few times. But the I went to Sweden with a couple of friends in the winter and we took a bunch of cars and did a bunch of driving and i took my um i have a, a backdated 911 sc okay that's kind of like a sort of 73 st uh, yeah, thing so it's uh, wider at the front and the back was... yeah a little bit wider um a bit stiffer it's got a nice stereo in it and engines uprated and stuff like that nice suspension and things like that but mm-hmm. took that and a couple of other friends were in various sports cars and whatnot and were just driving on ice and snow for whatever it was, eight days. Uh, we, we stopped at a few ice tracks and went around the ice track and stuff like that. And that as like taking an old car into that experience and we were just on winter tires. Um, a, lot of this, a lot of the guys had studs and it was so much fun. And I, it was so much fun doing it in a car that you're like, this probably, this could be a bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. but you know it's no traction control no abs whatever try the um we had one night where we were driving sort of we had to get somewhere so 
60 miles an hour down a sort of country road in at night minus 25 degrees in the <laughs> snow and um you very, you very quickly get accustomed to driving at sort of normal speeds on snow and ice like you just get yeah, used yeah, to it yeah yeah um yeah and I, then, I know the feeling <clears throat> and then the um the i don't know what it was but basically the throttle cable the throttle started sticking <laughs> wow. I, th- I think i think the intakes were like freezing or something <laughs> and uh and it got to, i suddenly re- was like uh-oh like you lift <laughs> off your foot and you're like uh-oh we have a problem yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah <laughs> smashing the brakes at which point i think the brakes had like they they had like gone freezing cold and you're just there just like pounding them like glass like, okay yeah, you, you, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, come on, uh, and then you know eventually you slow down. But you you learn to leave more space. <laughs> it was uh, it was quite memorable, but it was a wicked trick. It was one of the funnest yeah. things I've I've done. I can in imagine. Car. Yeah, what you said sounded so cool, so cool. Um, yeah, and um, no, you talked about snow. You know, I had a very awful experience once with, with E class. I was um, I don't know if you know, but in Switzerland, we are ma- mandated to stay in the army for four months okay, when we get yeah. 18. When we turn 18, there's a man, you know, it's, it's mandatory to, to stay in mm. the army for, for a while. And I was in, in Sion, in French-speaking part of Switzerland. And it, there it's very cold, you know, and you have to go through the Simplon Pass. Yeah. And it was winter, it was like February, and it was a storm, a, a snowstorm on top of it. And with the class was just me and, and this, this friend that came with me, <laughs> we were driving on, on the snow. Uh, we couldn't see, you know, further than, than the bonnet of the car it was like the scariest <laughs> feeling. And yeah. even if you have all the technology in the world, like in the class, when you feel the car sliding on ice, it's the worst feeling. And it's ever. heavy. And right. it's, yeah. And it's heavy. It's not like the 911. It may be a thousand kilo. Yeah. I guess that yeah. lights two and a half tons. So, it's the worst feeling you could ever have because you're powerless. Yeah. You can There's do anything you can do. So we, we were, <laughs> damn it. That, that, that was sketchy. Yeah. That was sketchy. <laughs> yeah. That was scary because, you know, before I said, yeah, I'll show you how to drive on the snow. Yeah. I'm going to drift blah, blah. I was yeah. you know, showing off a little and then, Ooh, yeah. damn it. We're going to die. But then happily, it was okay. At the end, yeah. We were all happy. Nothing happened, but wow. Scary. We so did, so um, I can understand your feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it was, we've done the trip a few times and, and we've done slightly, you know, different routes and whatever and taken different cars. And um, one year I had a, uh, shared with James Walker, Mr. JWW. I don't know if you mm-hmm. come across him. Um, we had a Bentley Continental V8 convertible. They lent to us for a week. Uh, which was which was hilarious like it was a lot of fun but it's like 2.4 tons yeah and and once you get that mass moving in one direction (laughs) luckily four-wheel drive uh, helps like it it, you can at least like put your foot down and point the wheels in the right direction and and it will start to yes yes hopefully pull you out but you realize so much that like once the momentum was going in one direction if you don't have much traction, it takes a lot to undo all of that. It was, uh, 
an interesting lesson yeah. in dynamics and weight. Exactly in physics. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's quote Colin, Colin Chapman and I'll add the lightness, <laughs> lightness now to, to the car to make it faster and better. And yeah, and, and uh, no, actually, it's it's dangerous. You know, uh, when when the surface isn't really a hundred percent, it's it's very dangerous. And often, I, I see people that don't really do know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like they break in mid-turn when, you know, in the middle of a corner, they break. So the car uh, starts to, to, to slide exactly. And it's, it's dangerous. But often, you know, the average uh, driver doesn't really think about driving. You know, they're just thinking, yeah, right. I'm going to turn the steering wheel, brake, uh, throttle, whatever, let's go. But it's not like this. You know, it's dangerous and you need to know what you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting going to countries like Norway and Sweden where it's I I believe it's because they have their roads are just frozen in large parts of the country for a couple of months a year they are all really really good at driving on (laughs) on loose they have to they have to be good at driving yeah and I think it's part of the driving test like because they make you slide on the on the snow yeah yeah and we um, we met some great locals in Norway, and um, there was this. We stayed in like a ski resort at one point in time, mm-hmm. and um, the guy that owned the place and a couple of his friends and some people that were sort of around came up, and one of them had um, what did he have? An Audi Quattro, and he had it on like the worst tires. Like he did. Most summer people tires. around there, yeah. it was it was almost on summer tires. I think it was possibly wow. not summer tires, but it was pretty much summer tires. But he just absolutely like hammered this thing, and he was like, "I love the <laughs> fact it's got no grip. It's just going into every corner." Oh, wow! This, this was like a basically a private road, and he'd just be mm-hmm. going to every corner like but like fully backwards, just like <laughs> just like heavily committed, fifty wow. meters before the corner, just like flick this way flick this way <laughs> and then just like on the power <laughs> and wow. he was like 17 or something yeah that's 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 amazing incredible yeah but i think that yeah that there they have to learn quickly since they are young you know even when they're young you know how to to drive properly yeah because unless you crash so you have to be a good driver and even i think like switzerland it, the UK, we're in a our climate doesn't really work for making people mm-hmm. aware of what it's like in winter because we don't really have like proper snowy winters mm-hmm. that often. Um, but I like 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 Switzerland. You have to have winter tires. Like I think the Germany as well, and then like Norway, everyone runs studs. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing that makes the biggest difference. If you get so many people let's say in the UK, that don't switch to winters. And I don't think you necessarily have to in a lot of places. But the difference yeah, London, between... A, London never gets beneath like five degrees in winter, right? Am I right? Or, or like occasionally it does. Like okay, I had but... um, an M2 for a bit mm-hmm. and it snowed in London and <laughs> I needed to move the car. And I could. It was in a parking space and it would not move. <laughs> The back, there, just, yeah, the, the back just went like sideways wheels. like that <laughs> that was it like okay not the car not the car and it was on like pilot sport 
four asses or something. Um, yeah, not really <laughs> the best tie with the snow, right? No, no. And, uh, no, yeah, in Switzerland, we, we, we're not mandated by the law to have winter tires. Oh, really? I but think... if you don't, no, but if you don't have them and you crash, insurance is not going to pay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's a so, good you know, way of doing at it. At your risk, you know, at your own risk. You don't want to put them on? Okay, but that's on your own, you know, if yeah. something happens. So we have this, uh, this it's not mandated by the law, but um, I see many people putting, putting them on, you know, the, the Swiss people actually, they, they drive quite good when yeah. it comes to, to driving on, on the road. You know, as you said, we used to, to getting snow and, and ice over here. Yeah. And not not as much as Sweden, of course, because we yeah. all the way south. But but the problem actually it's in Italy, you know, even though they are mandated by the law to have winter tires, usually people don't really pay attention to tires. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, the, the typical yeah. average everyday car. commuter. Yeah, exactly. So they are they run on very um consumed and old tires. And that's the mm. worst thing you can do, yeah. especially on, on winter time, because you need, you know, the thread to, to yeah. pick up the uh, snow. <laughs> exactly. And I often see when I go skiing on, on the roads and things, people crash, not, not really crashing, but, you know, being stuck and putting yeah. chains on. And uh, yeah, I never had to put chains on my car. With winter tires, I went everywhere. So Yeah, there's, I used to fit, chains occasionally when i go skiing and stuff and then i discovered what winter tires were like and most of the time i don't know the moment but i had a four-wheel drive the car i was driving was four-wheel drive and i had mm-hmm. winters on and like bump you didn't you're going it. Up, yeah you're just going up everything like and there's actually it's actually super fun driving up a mountain on winters when like a whole bunch of people are on chains because <laughs> they're going like 20 miles an hour 15 miles an hour and you can go like 50 like 50 yeah you press yeah. cross them yeah through them like you're an <laughs> f1 car yeah i know the feeling yeah and uh and then you know people are scared the problem is that they don't know what they're doing so they're scared yeah that's why they go so slow but i mean guys but i understand if you're if you're on the wrong tires Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you you're have on, to be scared. If, if you're on winter tires, it, the first time you sort of, yeah, you do every now and then. You just do a brake check just to see, mm-hmm. just check the level like, of grip. Yeah, and and the car like you know the nose rocks forward and you start slowing down. You're like, oh no, it's okay, I'm good. Like <laughs> exactly, you need to be aware of your surroundings when you drive. You know, and you don't have to be a soulless body attached to the steering wheel. You know, <laughs> yeah. you need to to be there. That, that's the Range Rover going down the motorway in the UK. It would be like ninety miles an hour, hundred miles an hour in the pouring rain, mm-hmm. and they're like on their phone. Just yeah, like, exactly. And you can, you could, if you could zoom into the car, the car the traction control is just going ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the entire yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So you talked about the Range Rovers. What do you think about the new Range Rover, the new Vogue that just came out? Um, I, I I quite like it. I think I've I've sort of always liked Range Rovers. Um, I've never I've never owned one, but I I sort of suspect at some point in time I might because they're super comfy and, and nice. I mm-hmm. think they've done this podcast is actually is going to come out like way after we're recording it, so I don't want to do too much sort of like current 
stuff. But I, I like okay. it. I think it's got some great tech. Um, the tech I particularly like is it the noise cancelling speakers in the mm-hmm. in the headrest. Um, I want to know what that's like. Yeah, know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. How much it will reduce the. It's it's like wearing your AirPods, but you don't have to wear your AirPods. <laughs> AirPods. <laughs> so you're not so you're not doing anything illegal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what do you think? No, I mean, I, I I like the fact that it's they kept the design, you know, very. It resembles the, the Range Rover that yeah. we were used to, but everything it's cleaner, you know, this pure lines. Now it only has those three lines. Then the, the back, you know, the the, the fact that the um, the lights are hidden, you, you yeah, don't see them, and there's cool. the lid. And inside, I think it's pretty cool, you know. But I I always ask these questions about SUVs because I'm I'm looking for an SUV and I don't know what to buy. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know what's better. What do you think? You know, the Range Rover, maybe a Mercedes, or you go up to something like the, the Bentayga. Or... Oh, it's, it's tricky. Hard, yeah, it's tricky. I've I so I've driven a few recently. Um I I have a bit of a problem with SUVs. Um in the sense and it's just like a I think I haven't spent enough time in them, but my body, like my internal G meter, mm-hmm. feels like I'm tipping over the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mind that, but it's the fact that often you because they don't want the cars to roll over, mm-hmm. they make the and I was talking to an engineer about this recently, the, the anti-roll bars and everything has to be quite stiff. Mm-hmm. And you lose the ability to mid-corner absorb a bump. Whereas if you're in something like, a, I don't know, an S-Class or something, mm-hmm. it's all the wheels feel like they're very independent of one another. And when you go, yeah, you're going around a corner, you hit a little bump, it just absorbs it's it. It's nothing, off you go. Yeah, yeah. Whereas everyone says, oh, SUVs are really comfy. And if you compare the ride quality of, let's say, an S-Class, which is, which is very good, um, mm-hmm. to a GLE or I haven't driven a GLS, but they're significantly different. And Range Rovers are quite, are very comfy, but they're also, they roll, you know. Yeah, they roll a lot. They used to roll, roll quite a lot. Um, I've driven the Bentayga. That's, it's, it's nice. I, I've, I've found the Mercedes, mm-hmm. but I've only driven the GLE. Oh no, I've driven GLE and G-Wagon. GLE I thought was quite, quite stiff. Um, not super comfy. Mm-hmm. Um, the G-Wagon I thought was pretty good. Um, yes, that's, course, that's yeah. better. Um, impossible to get hold of nowadays. Yeah, One of you is like two years or something. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like the Range Rover. The, I worry about the electronics in the Range Rover. Yeah, that's, that's a big problem. Like it's, it's a real problem that happens mm. definitely in the older ones. So maybe it's, you know, it's a new platform and whatnot. So maybe it won't happen in the new one, but running a Range Rover that's over a couple of years old, even a new, even a new Range Rover has weird electronic glitches. Yeah, exactly. I, so. I heard uh, the other day of someone sort of, it was like a friend of a family member uh, got locked in their car. From the inside. So it was inside, inside, it was locked in. Okay. It was locked in and they couldn't get out. Um, and that, that happened to me as well. Really? But not on a Range Rover, on, on a McLaren 675 LT. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. On my on my LT, I was I was inside, so I started up the engine, and two seconds later, everything shut down. You know, black everything, 
and the doors they have the the electronic latch you know to to yeah. get out and the window has to come you know down a centimeter yes. to allow the door to open up yeah so i used the emergency release for mm-hmm. the door but the window didn't come down so it was stuck okay. inside and so i you know i crawled down you know trying to get out but i put too much pressure on on the on the seal between the the, um, the glass and and and, and the the, yeah. um, the car itself and i broke the wheel uh, the, the wheel sorry the, 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 the glass the window it went everywhere. Oh, really? Just like yeah, an explosion and, and scratched the entire car. I was such a bad experience, and I just got in, pressed awful. the button to go to go, and I stayed, you know, five minutes and I say, okay, what, what am I gonna do now? Because the, the door couldn't. Yeah. I didn't want to break the window, of course, you know. But you need to and get out. No, <laughs> and I had no phone because the, because the phone was was uh, still inside the house, so I was there, stuck. Me, that is a nightmare. myself, and I just thinking how to get out, and <laughs> and at the end I made a big <laughs> mistake. You know, but the problem is I couldn't get out. I had to do. You have to get what out. I did. So, so I, I, the window broke and shattered, and went glass went everywhere. And it was quite a bad experience. Yeah, yeah. A bad Friday evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What other cars have you got at the moment? Six seven five six seven five LT. I I love that car. I think it's wicked. That dies wicked. It's wicked. That that's something else. You know, it's incredible. So the six hundred and fifty Spider, mm-hmm. uh, the Testarossa, a five twelve BB with carburetors, okay. very special car. It's blue. It has a very interesting color combo because it was ordered back in nineteen seventy eight from the Sheikh of Bahrain. Okay, there's written on on, on the um, on the book. Yeah, it's, it's a car with a with a very interesting story. And then we ha- we have a 550 Maranello, mm. so all these older Ferraris like this, D63 that I drive yep. uh, regularly, and um, and an S63 Coupe as well, Ooh. the old the older model, the one with the 5.5 liter V8. So what year is, is that? 2014. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which That's is cool incredible. Car. And when you were talking about the S class before, saying <laughs> you know that it turns is super comfortable, that thing is amazing. I think that the only thing faster than that is the Chevron, <laughs> because the car has an engine tune, so now it has 770 yeah. horsepower. Oh, okay. Change the ECU, and it is crazy fast. <laughs> crazy fast. In turns, you turn the steering wheel, she goes. Put on the, you put your foot on the throttle, she goes even faster. And is when it you, when you drive? Four wheel drive, yeah. It's the yeah. four wheel drive version, formatic. And the crazy thing is when you when you're at two hundred and you put your foot on the on the throttle, you see the um, the needle of the speedometer yeah. go down to three hundred like in three seconds. <laughs> it goes down. It's crazy fast. Crazy fast. That's and, cool. Uh, That's cool. I've I've always looked at S class coupes and just as one of those cars that I'm like, but one day I'm going to own get one. Coupe and just you like cruise one. around in it. They are amazing. Wicked. They are amazing, really. And then I have a few older Alfa Romeos, the GTs, you know, like the, the ones from oh, Alfa right, yeah. because we have a little project going on with that. So stay oh, so tuned you, and see. Do you have a... Do you have an Alphaholics one? Or no, you're... it's not an Alphaholics. I mean, we, we want to do something... Ah, okay. 
something with that yeah there's a, a little project way. going on with that yeah so nice stay tuned stay tuned with it <laughs> and, and then a car that i really love the original fiat panda oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. have you ever driven the original fiat panda no you have to you have to it's too fun simply too much fun <laughs> it's it's the best experience motor experience you can have you know drive that and <laughs> and you'll enjoy life i mean i did you understand why in Italy, you know, they always happy, you know, yeah, whatever. That's the feeling they have because when you drive the Panda, you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> so That's you have so to, good. to test one because it's too cool. Yeah. It, it has the, um, ages ago, um, I did a couple of seasons uh, skiing and I was a ski instructor in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And the car we had, we bought a, it was a 1987 Subaru Leon. So it's like a, a state car, mm-hmm. um, but it was on like skinny tires. And day one, and this is what reminds me of the, the Panda, like day one, driving up the ski resort, you get to the certain point and then it was like snow and we're driving up and the little wheels, they just kind of like go through the snow down to the surface underneath and then like <laughs> up you go four-wheel drive <laughs> exactly and we, and we drove past a brand new toyota hilux on like massive off-road tires pulled over to put on chains <laughs> and, then, and we were just like up the wow. hill past him like who's this joker wow yeah and exactly then, <laughs> and it, it that from then on i was like actually if you want like grip like narrow tires on certain situations are brilliant exactly it's the and and the best panda combo, is the same, yeah. isn't it it's the like super the light super it's like 600 kilos super skinny tires one one three five section front yeah. and back and you can go everywhere then it's so tiny you know i, I drove it in, inside my, my my house garden my, my mother's house garden when i bought it she didn't yeah. know it <laughs> and I, I went in front of her window, you know, I was there. She said, how the hell did you get inside? You know, <laughs> through the gate. I mean, it, it's a very small gate and no car could pass through, but the yeah. panda did. So it's <laughs> too fun, too fun. That's... But what about your cars? I mean, I heard F40s, GD3s and many yeah, things. So, it's quite interesting. Um, so F40s gone. Uh, that was about a month ago, something like that. Um sort of i think part of me is now sort of i've done or had had that car it was by the time i sold it very expensive car and Mm -hmm. i didn't that got into my head a little bit of how i was going to use it parking at places um it was a different it was the blue one i don't know whether you've seen the blue one that's been around recently um and i have on instagram yeah yeah, and and so like if it, this paint gets scratched, it's like you've got to take it back to down to the carbon Kevlar and like mm-hmm. redo it again, and then probably do the whole car again. Of so that, that sort of stuff, you're like just using it. I just didn't use it at all. Um, and then at the same time, so I've had a 997 Gen 2 GT3 RS for nine years now. It was my first sort of like serious sports car, mm-hmm. um, and I. I just lucked out like buying that car and I still get in it now and I still think it's awesome. <laughs> um, and then, so I have the backdated 911 as well, 
um, so sort of an older Porsche. And, yeah, the one um, you were talking about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, ST replica, let's call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and then I have a GTC4 Lusso. Oh, lovely. Um, which I like, but I don't use that much. And I, I think I will probably move it on. <laughs> okay. Um, I almost cause... died once in a GTC4 Lusso. <laughs> yeah. It was raining. Uh, I was driving in on, on the highway here in Switzerland. Yeah. And uh, so I put my foot down a bit too hard, maybe. Yeah. And the whole thing started going sideways. Yeah. But I was, I mean, the road was straight, you know, and yeah. it was quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few bad <laughs> yeah. experiences with cars. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> My car, it has something that I don't like. And I'm not, I think what I need to do is get someone to check the geo and check the tires and stuff. But basically, if you're turning the steering wheel mm-hmm. and you turn it a little bit, and then there gets to a point where it's probably, let's say your hands would be at like four and 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, a noticeable change in the progression of what the car's doing. So you're like okay. rolling into a corner and you get to a certain point and it's almost like you've gone. It, it almost gives like more steering gone, angle. It's like you, you give some steering angle, but it's like if the car is getting more. It's it's as if you're sort of like rolling over the hard edge of a tire or something. Now, obviously, that's okay. not what it is, but it's like you've gone over something that feels a bit more solid, and okay. then the car settles again. And I don't know whether it's, I wonder if it's yeah the tires or the alignment or something okay. or something at the rear, or it could be in every single list. I need to drive someone else's or at oh, least no. someone else to talk about. Um, yeah. It's it's a really weird feeling, and it means when you drive faster, it has that bit. It's like you're a third into the corner, and you feel this weird like just the car just thought. does a little something that upsets it slightly, and it's so unusual. I don't like it. And it, it it stops you wanting to push the car at all. And it's not it's not a massive thing. It's just a really it's a really small thing that I notice, and it's just like. I don't know what it's doing. I don't know why it does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I understand. No, that that's that's very unusual, you know. And I'm sorry. I thought the problem was something else, you know, the, because it happens with the um, with the e diff in cars. You mm. know, maybe you, you turn the steering wheel, and then the car decides to to um, give you, let's say, with the differential, a little yeah. bit more momentum, so you, you can feel, you know, the car doing something else. That that happens, but. Uh, I understand it's it's not cool because I know the feeling of driving a car and not trusting it a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's not it's not good. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 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 weird, and it's I I still enjoy driving the car, but there's just this one thing that's got in my head, um, and and actually the reality is I don't choose to drive it that often. I love it mm-hmm. for like what it is. Like it's I love the interior. It's got a great sound system. It looks cool. Amazing engine. Four-wheel drive, so you can actually put the power down. Um, I had a, an 812 for a bit before I had the Lusso. Mm-hmm. And that, like, was cool, but it was just too much power. Like, not in terms of, like, yeah. you, know, you can't use it at all, but you, you, you can't use it. You can't put your foot down, like, ever. And I agree I think, with you. Um, I had the opportunity to move into a Lusso for a reasonably good sort of deal and it I've had that for a while like a couple of months now and I think 
I think I'm sort of like, hmm, yeah. I've tried it. I'm going to go to something else. But um, yeah, that's it. So that's it. Uh, oh, and, and I have a radical. Sorry, I have a radical. SR3. Uh, yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, the, the radical. But, but is it road legal or only? No, no, no. no. Race car. For, for the racetrack only. I, I see. Um, and I, I'd raced that a little bit. I haven't raced it for a while. Um, and at the moment, I'm just doing some testing and stuff like that. But um, And then I have a little Peugeot E208. Okay. So the little so Peugeot you... electric car. Wow. Um, and how, how's the electric car? It's brilliant. I love it. Okay. I love it. Like, I, I can charge at home. And when we're driving around town, like you avoid all of the charges for driving around mm-hmm. London, like your congestion charge, whatever. Parking is very cheap in certain, certain parts of London. It's very cheap if, if you're an electric car. And it's easy. And it's actually good. It's like a good car. It's not okay. It's not like oh, it's it's okay because it's electric and it gets why. Like the interior is really nice. The ride is great. It's not something you would want to thrash around a track, mm-hmm, but, of course. But <laughs> but that's not what it's for. Um, like it's really comfy. It's got all the tech, adaptive cruise control, and whatnot. And yeah, that is the car I use the most, which is. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I just kind of got it because I felt like I should probably have an electric car. Um, and yeah, so that that surprised me the most, I would say, this year is how much I like that, that This car. little Peugeot. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. But it's fun. And I think at some point, yeah, maybe I need a little Panda as well. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Really, you have to. It's just <laughs> the funniest feeling. It's the funniest feeling. And uh, and you can also make an electric conversion of it, so it could become an electric panda. You could, you could. I think. I wonder if you'd lose a bit of the. Yes, song. you would lose a little. The feeling, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the this Italian feeling, exactly. But also, what, what would you replace the Delusa with? Um, I think so. At the moment, I'm looking for a bigger family car. Uh, not the so Lusso. Oh, here really the, the, the fifty-three you tried that was horribly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I understand. I understand. Um, so I'm looking for something like that. But then uh, the Lusso. Well, let's say that goes. Um, I really like the idea. I've always wanted a Gen nine nine one Gen two GT three. Mm-hmm. Um, a touring. And lovely, lovely car. I. I think at some point in time I need to own a 991-2 GT3, just even if it's got a wing, just to sort of try it out because I think they're really cool. Um, I've driven a couple, and then I would possibly change that quite a bit. The idea would be buy one, run it for six months, see if mm-hmm. I go, am I going to keep this for a long time? If If not, fine, just keep it how it is. If it's not, probably make it the color I want change the interior uh make it your own i understand if it's got a wing probably remove the wing make it a touring like you know a conversion yeah yeah. Um, a friend of mine is putting back seats in a gt3 at the moment okay um which is that to me is quite an appealing proposition i like the idea of that um and then i would probably change the suspension a little bit like you just go down this endless kind of... i know i know the, another feeling yeah you start with something and then you say okay but i need to change this and this and this and this again and so yeah. it's endless as you said but i like the idea of building my sort of perfect 911 but uh, that's what's the... cool about cars you know making yeah. it your own that's the 
the fun part, you know, because buying a car, it's easy, but making it your own, yeah. that's the special part, the, yeah. the good feeling about owning it. Yeah. And there's loads of little tweaks of things that I would sort of do exactly. that you go, that would make it a bit different. Like, whatever. I, I literally, the more I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, and I would change that and I'd change that. But the important thing is deciding one, what the budget is for the car. Like, <laughs> yeah. Am I going to spend too much money on it and then I'm never going to be able to sell it and it's a stupid waste of time? And like, do I even like it? Make sure you like the car first. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it needs to be worth it. I mean, yeah. n- not really in the money-wise, but, you know, also f- for you. And, and I mean, it has yeah. to be worth it for if, if you really like it, make it make it special. Yeah, because it's very expensive to do this kind of things. The problem is that often people that don't get it, you know, they say, oh, yeah, but it's easy. You just change the color and something. No. When you want to get something done properly, it's very expensive. Yeah. So I can understand you it when is. you say it you is. need to choose the budget because yeah, it gets gets out of hand pretty quickly. Yeah. And then for some reason or other, you've got to sell the car and someone offers exactly. you half and, of what you've spent on it. <laughs> and then, yeah, you, you, you've lost all your, let's call it investment. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, Okay, you, you get two cars in this scenario. One car, rest of life, no budget. And then you have 600 euros for something else on the side. Hmm. So you already know the answer to the second question. To the, to yeah, the second yeah, question. yeah, a little panda. <laughs> a little panda. And uh, yeah, what could it be? Um, you know, the, I would answer like a McLaren F1, but then it's not realistic because you would never drive around every day with a McLaren no. F1. So I need to be a little more hmm, tough question. I mean, as I said, I would love to drive around in a McLaren F1 every day, but not really feasible because I drive a lot and making 100,000 kilometers a year into a McLaren <laughs> F1 wouldn't, wouldn't really be a good idea. Uh, m- maybe the E-Class, you know, I, yeah. I love it because it, it does everything. It has a lot of space because it's the estate version. Yeah, yeah. So I can, you know, fold the seats and, put everything inside. I used it a lot like this to, to move stuff around. And then it's four-wheel drive, so I can use it even when it rains, it's snowing or whatever. Yeah, I go skiing a lot in winter, so I put the, the snowboards on top. Easy. It's not an SUV, so it drives better. doesn't have yeah. the weird roll feel you were talking about. It goes super quick, 0 to 60 in 3.3 seconds or something. Yeah, uh, It looks fantastic. I don't know, m- maybe... Maybe That's that. the best. Yeah, maybe that. What year is your car? 2019. Okay. It's yeah, a yeah. pre-facelift. Yeah. So, and you've got like CarPlay and stuff like that, don't you? Everything, yeah. CarPlay, yeah. the, the Burmaster sound system with the very nice uh, machined aluminum tweeters. Mm. And uh, yeah. a lovely thing. Yeah. So, so the, I hope I answered your question. Yeah. No, it was all right. Okay, next question. What do you think is the most undervalued car at the moment? What should be worth more? Hmm. All Maseratis. All Maseratis. Like like the the beta bi turbo Maserati of the nineteen eighties, but not the the first because the first they catch fire. They're they're awful, <laughs> so not them. But like the last uh, B turbo Maseratis of the nineteen nineties, like the two two four which okay. already had the four-valve engine, it's now worth like 
10,000 pounds. Yeah. Like 13,000 euros. Oh, but yeah, they are cool. lovely. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I'm actually so looking for one because I think they are too cool, you know? Yeah. Typical Italian styling of the late 90s, of the late 80s. Um, a crazy engine, a bi-turbo V6. Uh, no grip at all because they drove, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like Maseratis of the 80s. <laughs> and, you know, they represent the excess of the time. Yeah. And, and I love them and they are yeah, too cheap right now. I really like that, that sort of shape now. Like they're sort of just like boxy. It's really, I think it's really coming back in like, it's, it's cool again. It's cool yeah. again. Exactly. It is. Yeah. It's been, if you, if you looked at one of those cars, like six years ago, you would yeah. throw up. They were disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but now that they are kind of coming back and I think they deserve to be worth at least four to five times what they are right now. Fair enough. I think there's something, just an idea that's come into my head is like it, the general cars that you see on the road. Mm-hmm. So 15 years ago, most normal cars were more boxy. Whereas now I would say most stuff is quite curved, like curvaceous mm-hmm. and a little bit more aggressive. There's more lines and stuff, but general cars are much more curvy so when you put a car that's quite boxy in that mix it really stands out now exactly it does and you're mm-hmm. like oh that's different like it's kind of fun but have you ever seen a biturbo 224 driving around london no not that i'm aware that, of that, exactly that, that's the thing you'd be the coolest guy in yeah. one of them because nobody has it I mean, there are good reasons why nobody would have one because they, <laughs> they are always broken. And so I can understand. But, but if you find one and you restore it and you, you rest and mod it, making it yeah. you know, more drivable, that's the best car there is, I guess. That's cool. I like that. Okay. Good answer. Right. Final, not final question. Most interesting car to you at the moment? What are you Googling? What are you looking up? What do you mean by interesting? So, like, in, in, your, in your head, and you're, mm-hmm. you're just, like, going about your day, is there a particular car that sort of stands out that you think about more often than others? The problem is that uh, every 50 seconds I change idea about cars, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They just come and go, okay, like, now I could tell you the Maserati, maybe in two hours I could tell you something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I cannot give you a... a an answer to this because i it depends it depends on the mood it depends on what i see on the road maybe i see something now and i say wow that's so cool so i'm gonna have it in my head for a few days and just google the hell out of it and find every (laughs) single thing about it so i'm sorry but i cannot give you a that's okay you gave me you gave me maserati 224 um final question five car garage unlimited Mm -hmm. value Boom. Okay. That's another tough question. So what, what's yours? No, no. What's <laughs> yours? <laughs> uh, so definitely a Lamborghini Miura SV. Oh, nice. Just to yeah. look about just to look at it. And would you would you tweak it a little bit? I mean, I'm not a fan of carburetors. Mm-hmm. 
my five shell has carburetors and it's always a pain to start it up to yeah. drive around. So I, I'm a fan of fuel injection. So I would maybe put fuel injection on it because yeah. they catch fire with carburetors. So it could okay. also be safer. That's another good reason to it. Yeah. But then I, I wouldn't really change anything about it. Yeah. Maybe the dampers to make it feel better. Yeah. You know, damper technology is so, so much advanced compared to the sixties, but I would mm. keep it stock. You know, we wouldn't do a rest mode on it. Yeah. Just a few components. Yeah. But Amura, definitely, to, to look at it. Hmm. Five-car garage. But uh, five-car garage, like, collection, or also including something I should drive every day, like it's, it's It's the only cars you have, and it has to sort of fit into your life, so you probably need a car. Okay. You're driving one of these every day. So the E-Class has to be on the list. Yep. So the we still have three slots. Uh, Maybe a Chiron. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe a Chiron to drive at 500 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Because who wouldn't <laughs> do it? I mean, just to have the possibility of going that fast, you know? Yeah. Insane. Uh, and to, yeah, to, to try it. You know, I've never been over 260 so i have no yeah. idea what it means to go 500 i, w- I would love to try yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and uh would you have a race car uh, th- that has to be included in my collection okay i didn't think that it, race car were you don't you, if you want a race car it has to be in this in, in this, this five. five yes i would have a race car what race maybe car? maybe a I don't know if a 650 GD3 or an AMG GD3. Mm. Because I've driven them both. Yeah. And I love them both for different reasons. So How are they different? For starts, you know, the engine placement. Yeah. One it's in the front, the other is in the back. And driving the the AMG GD3 on a racetrack, I've drove it on the same racetrack as the 458 GD3 in Valencia. Yeah. And I went so much faster. Just because I was more aware of the of the car, because I could see where it ended, and yeah. it was better. I, f- I felt like it was more suited to to me. Yeah, and so that that's a very nice driving experience on track. Mm. And the 650 has this turbo engine, and it's just crazy amount of power and of torque. <laughs> even, even though they're all limited yeah. to 500 and something horsepower, but but just get a different raw feeling when you feeling, drive it. Yeah. Yeah, compared to, um, to the 458 or the 488, you get this crazy feel of, I, I don't know, the McLaren. I, I love McLaren as a brand. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a tough question. I'm, I may go for the 650 GD3 because it's a bit more special, you know, more yeah crazy. The last spot would be reserved for the Panda. Oh, nice. Nice. You so have to have one on your life. face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does. It does. Cool. It's no. Uh, sorry, I need to rephrase because the Panda doesn't deserve the spot in the garage. But I, I, another car that I own that I didn't tell you about because I forgot is a 1994 Mitsubishi Pajero. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. With 320,000 kilometers on it. Oh, nice. Has been owned by my family since new, <laughs> and I love the thing so much. Even more than the Panda, actually. It yeah. doesn't put a smile on my face um, like the Panda, yeah. but it sort of does the same thing. But there's also this um, 
uh, disaffection to it. So mm. I think the Pajero deserves a spot. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. We've just, we're just about to tick over two hours. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, two hours. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.